for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome, football fans. To this NBC Sports Radio and NBCSN remote broadcast event, we are on the road at the NFL Scouting Combine. Live from Indianapolis, it's Pro Football Talk Live. Let's do this, Florio. This is the best of Pro Football Talk Live on NBC Sports Radio. I'm your host, Mike Florio. The great Bruce Arians. Welcome back, Coach. How you guys doing? We're so, we were so happy when you got back in the NFL. The NFL yes. is so much more you fun, are fun when you're in it. No doubt about it. It, it, it. I love it. I really do. You give us a great Monday soundbite every week <laughs> to where we got something to talk about. And I got to, like, just talk about his wardrobe right here. By far the coolest NFL anything around here, all right? I mean, look at that. Cool shirt. I mean, he's got it. I mean, how do you – are you your own stylist? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you are. You know what? And they didn't even ask me about the new uniforms. So I was pissed. Well, they didn't ask you at all? <laughs> no, they went, and did it. they went and did it on their own. They went and did it on their own. Okay. But, uh, it's, it's time for a change, have you I seen think. Them? I, just a sketch. Sketch. A sketch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm anxious to see because I wasn't a big fan of the current ones. I, I like the original ones. Mm-hmm. And then when they changed in 97, what a dramatic change. And this tweak, it's like trying to put them both together. I don't really like that. I'm anxious to see what the new yeah, ones I'm are. I'm anxious to see it, too. I think it's more close to the Super Bowl uniforms. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. Do you wear sunscreen, or do you just, just go out there and bake every day? I just go out and bake. I know you do. You're unbelievable. Holy crap. You're, you don't have to be as red as the Buccaneer, you know? Okay? Um, it, it was an interesting first year, to say the least. You know, Jameis Winston has 5,109 passing yards, eighth highest single season total. Only four human beings have had more than him. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Peyton Manning. Um, how do you balance the good against the, the not-so-good, the 30 interceptions? It's hard. It's really hard. I mean, uh, you, would, you would, have, would have hoped we had a better December. The decision-making in December, uh, 
I would have liked to have seen it more growth. Right. But his deep ball accuracy and some of the things that he improved, he improved tremendously. Right. So, I mean, this still needs a limit for him. It's just making some decisions. What, what is, I mean, because his good is, like, phenomenal good, right? I mean, it, it's, I'm really? always like, oh, my gosh, this yeah. is, when you take his five best plays of the year, you go, this is one of the best quarterbacks in football. You know, what, what is the reasoning you get in his brain sometimes for some of the decisions he does make? What is, is there any common theme of is it trying to do too much? or? Yeah, just, I think that Superman cape thing. That is, you know, it is. Trying to, yeah. Every play is the biggest play of the game. Right. Just take the check down. Right. Just take the check down. Yeah, he's always trying to hammer in the 20-yard mm-hmm. gain or the 20, and you just, he's just not, it's not in there it's yet. A, yeah, it's, and it's, I think it comes with growth. Right. Um, I can't judge the first four years. I can only judge one year. Yeah. Um, you know, he got that talent, so he's going to hang on that one down down there too long. Right. Maybe he gets sacked. Right. But just, just get up. I think those will come. Yeah. What can he do to work on his decision-making? I know you guys do the virtual reality stuff, and I don't know how much he's taken to that, but what can you really do five years in to improve your decision-making? It's pretty baked in after all those seasons. Yeah, I, I always go back to just one year with, with us, and I can't make the dis- evaluation of those four years. Right. But – there are weeks it's perfect. Then it's weeks it's not. Um, it's just continuing to learn, continue to practice, and uh, we'll see where it goes. You're like one of the great offensive innovators in football. I love watching your offense. I wish I could have played for you. I really do. Where do you – are you a – I know you probably steal some ideas from some teams, and you have, of course, your base offense. Where do you come up with your plays? Like, What's your process? Who do you watch? Are you uh, afraid to try new plays? No, no. I mean, we, right. we've got a system yeah. that's very broad. Right. So it's really not anything on tape that, oh, we'll steal that because we got something really close to it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Right. Uh, but I think – a lot of my philosophy was here in Indy with Tom Moore. Yeah. When Peyton Peyton's first three years as quarterback coach and right. how simple he can make the game. Yeah. And then we started with the play action stuff. I was an old wishbone quarterback, so I love hard play action throwbacks. So all those years of being a scout team quarterback in college, not a starter, yeah. I, got, I got to play a lot of offenses. And uh, so I think some of it's that. There's just different philosophies of offenses that we've run over the years. Right. This may be a better question for Jason Light, but what is the timetable for making a decision about Jameis, working out a contract with him or otherwise, and then moving on to other options if you just decide not to keep him? I think the other options, who are they? And is it better? Yeah. Uh, that's what's got to happen in the next few weeks. Um, it's just that time now with the legal tampering period or whatever. Uh, who is really available? You um, you got some decisions in free agency. I mean, you got some talented players on your football team. And, you know, Chris Godwin had this huge year, and that's a lot because of you. You know, how, you know, how do you balance that out here going forward and, and trying? Yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to get Chris yeah. uh, extended this year. He's definitely a guy you want. And, um, but yeah. defensively, uh, we have a chance to be top five defense. Right. The way we finish the season and keeping that front seven together is paramount for me, um, especially those two pass rushers. Yeah. Well, with Shaq Barrett especially, and he said some things recently that maybe are, are, are positive that you could get something done without the franchise tag. Ideally, do you want to get a long-term deal done with I, I'd him? I'd love to have a deal done. You know, Is there progress being made in that regard? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't get involved in money. I just want to, you make all you can, and I'll stay out of it. Well, I'll just coach you. Well, and you got some young up-and-coming studs on your team, too. Well, I mean, I think we have the best inside linebacker duo there is. Right. And, I mean, I would argue. Levante with, and Devin. Yeah, and, right. Uh, 
but and then the secondary, those young kids came on like gangbusters at the end of the year. That's how I was going to go. Like Carlton Davis, just you know, I mean, Vita Via or Via Vita, whatever. Vita Via. I mess it up every time. Um, but oh, he's yes, a monster. speak yeah, speak to some of those guys. Yeah, I mean, as far as getting him more involved in the pass rush, right. I mean, we were taking him out and, and putting in some more fast guys, but. He can push the pocket. He's, and that's why we're top run defense because of Nadama can sue and he just stop it. Yeah. You know I mean, uh, so yeah, I mean, John Murphy Bunning, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, all those young kids in the secondary right. just had a great November, December. Yeah. What was the moment last year that made you say to yourself, it was worth coming back for this? Yeah, I think the first national anthem. I mean, it's, I, st I still tear up at the National Anthem every week. But uh, <laughs> coming out of that tunnel in that first week and hearing the National Anthem and being back in the NFL was it, it, just broadcasting didn't do it for me. Yeah, no, I didn't think so. That's not going to get your blood to boil the, the I right say way. What I wanted to say. And yeah, you're going to swear. You're <laughs> like me. Open. You got to. I say wide ass open all the time now, thanks to you. I get in trouble every time I say wide ass open. I said it again. And then somebody's talking to me. You can't say that. You can't say that. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Just, well, I'm not. I'm not. But, well, he's got some jersey back in his oh, history. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Not only was he friends with Rondé and Tiki Barber's father, uh, my my babysat him. Baby babysat them. The the Toll family, who's uh, a great legend. Right. High school coach, the best high school coach in the history of New Jersey. They were they were at Virginia Tech, right? Yeah. So they, I've always heard stories about oh, you. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, I've heard them all. Um, I lost where I was going to ask him a question, and I totally lost my train of thought. So I'm off. How upset head. were you when Good. Drew Brees decided to come back? Were you rooting secretly? No. Get this guy out of uh, here. I, 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 I hate seeing great players leave the game. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy. And it's a great competition when we play those guys. That's where I wanted to go. Great, great players. I, 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 mean, I have to ask you, like, Patrick Mahomes, just your two cents on him. Because I know you're a quarterback guy and you watch him. And I mean, he's such a freak of nature. There was never a doubt in my mind he was going to be successful. Yeah. Because, you know, having had Peyton Manning on the board come out of college and Andrew Luck on the board, Pat was right there with him. I mean... When you start talking protections on the board for a young quarterback, it's like, what? Yeah. This is how you fix it. This is how you fix it. These are the words. In the middle of the workout, right. I walk up on the end of the line and said, it's man protection. He makes the proper call. Yeah. I looked at Byron and said, oh, it usually takes three years. Yeah. You know, and it, that slide protection, he makes the proper call. Right. And and meantime, he's throwing a bullet into 35-mile-an-hour winds. You right. know, so, was, yeah, there was no doubt. Pat yeah, I mean, is it like one of the greater arms or throwing displays that you've seen? Like, Oh, by far. What, by far? By far. Like, yeah. you put him in the category of Favre or Aaron Rodgers or yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe I don't, in his I own? I think he's in his own. Okay. Because he can throw from every angle. Yeah. The, the right. shortstop part of it. Right. You know, it gets him in trouble sometimes. Times, but yeah, yeah. He's, Not he's very often, guy. though. And he's got that release. You know, Dan Marino had the quick release from the normal, traditional throwing mm -hmm. position, but he's running full speed to his left and just whips it back to his right, and the defenders have no chance to react to it. I mean, that's got to be one of his most oh, yeah. traits. Yeah, we yeah. got to play him next year, so I know. <laughs> right, you're gonna have to see him. You'll get to see it in person. Well, what's your thoughts on like guys like Joe Burrow? Okay, just you know, he's not gonna work out. He's not gonna do anything. You know, I, I know that's not an end-all, be-all. Do you, no, do you care at all? No, I mean, so many great quarterbacks and great players have not worked out. There's right. some guys' pro days are next week. Right. So, do you need to? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. for me, it's. It's more the interview process here, the, the beginnings of getting to know these guys, right. and are they going to fit the culture of your locker room? Yeah, right. What do you think of the possibility or the likelihood of seven playoff teams from each conference? I love it. I love it. It's just you know more cities that are excited yeah, about the game, and that's great for the game. 
Damn, you love it too? I didn't think you would love it. Yeah, it, we would have been in my first year in Arizona, 10 and 5, and, and missed it. Well, yeah. Well, we would have been in then. Yeah, so. see, yeah. I think it's easier to say you love it because you see the benefit of getting in from the seventh seed. From the two seed perspective, yeah. that two seed's going to be cursing a blue streak when it has to play another game, whereas in past years they'd have had a week off. I think the only people that should have the week off are the ones with the best record in yeah, the league. Yeah, you like that? You I like do. that? I really do. Yeah. yeah. You just think it'll make the regular season that much more important. I, and yeah, definitely. You've earned that right to get that advantage. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I mean, that would be my arguing point, too. I just worry we're going to see a number one seed versus a number one seed in the Super Bowl too much. I, I worry about that, but you don't yeah, seem to keep down. See, my prediction yeah. is that's going to happen, one seed versus one seed for like five years. So then we're going to say, hey, we should have eight teams in the playoffs. And the owners will say, fine, <laughs> if you insist, we'll go ahead and expand to 16. More games, more playoff teams. 17 games, you're fine with that? Hey, it's above my pay grade. I gotta be okay with it. If, yeah. it, if they vote on it, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't get we don't get a vote. All, all right, Coach Wayne, we man. appreciate it as Thanks, always. Bet, congratulations man. on the success and all the best this offseason. Appreciate it. Thanks. Stop being so damn cool. Okay. <laughs> Time for a break. We have more to come here on the Best of Pro Football Talk Live on NBC Sports Radio. Plenty of guys at the scouting combine this week. It was a lot of fun, and the head coach of the local team joined me the other day. For a visit, here is my conversation with Colts coach Frank Reich. It seems like so much of the job is about dealing with the unexpected, dealing with adversity, and no one dealt with more than you last year. To find out a week and a half before the start of the season, your starting quarterback isn't going to be playing for you anymore, and you got to come up with a plan B right away, and you handled it as well as anyone ever could. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it, yeah, it was a shock to all of us, but it, that's life. I mean, there's... And it's just amplified because of the spotlight that we're in and the type of uh, player that Andrew was. So I thought we did handle it very well. That was a credit to our players, you know, the locker room to be able to handle that, particularly a credit to Jacoby for how he handled it. Jim Irsay, the owner of the team, had a press conference on Sunday, and he was talking for a bit about Andrew Luck. And it was kind of vague as to whether he thought there's a chance Andrew Luck could come walking back through the door. Do you have any sense that he's going to, after a year away or maybe after two years away, decide, you know what, I'm ready to do this again. Yeah, I really, no, as far as I, my mind is, you know, he's a friend. I talk to him occasionally. Uh, we communicate. I sense none of that. We don't talk about that. I think he's retired. Um, I think I think it's normal course of business as we go. And I don't think there's any other way to approach it. When you talk to him, do you listen for any clues? Like, is it, you know, like, oh, yeah, gee, I really, I really miss being at my locker. I really miss, I miss Saturdays before game. Anything he said that made you think, eh, you never know how the world's going to play out here. No, he's like, he's like any other ex-player. There are any ex-player. There's always, you're always going to miss your buddies in the locker room. That's normal. So, I don't read into that the clue that hey, he wants to come back. Um, He's just a good friend, and like hanging out with him occasionally. Uh, we're all busy, so um, yeah, n- I'm not reading any anything into those comments. Did you sense that it was coming? No one else did. Did you have an inkling, and when did you have the inkling that it may head this way for Andrew Luck? Yeah, I really didn't. I mean, I didn't know until like everybody a week. Maybe, I knew a couple days before everybody else. A week before, um, no inkling. Um, I think everybody knows that Andrew is a unique guy and was wired, is wired a little bit different. It's part of what makes him the, uh, the player that he is. So um, in essence, if, if this was going to happen to someone, it would happen with someone of his personality. Who yeah. He's a team guy. He, the hoopla and all that stuff, we all know that that wasn't the most important thing to him. So um, in that respect, not a surprise. 
but in the moment, a big surprise. Jacoby Brissett comes in, leads the team to a 5-2 and two record. He had the knee injury against the Steelers, missed a little time, felt like he was never quite the same after that. And what I've detected in the aftermath of the season, and, and this is kind of an organizational vibe, it's almost ambivalence. Now, you haven't been ambivalent, but Chris Ballard's comments, Jim Mercy's comments, like where do you stand right now with Jacoby Brissett, his role as your starter, and this question of whether or not when free agency rolls around or the draft rolls around, there's going to be another quarterback that could potentially take over the job. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's nothing, as you said, there's nothing to be ambivalent about. He's our guy. And um, in this league, it's not many guys have the luxury of saying, hey, I have job security locked. I don't have to ever worry about any competition. That's just not real life in the NFL. So Jacoby, Jacoby understands that. He knows he has to earn everything, and he, and he does. And uh, so... You know, we'll take it a day at a time. Chris and I talking all the time. How do we make this team better? Every position gets evaluated. Every player gets evaluated. Jim Irsay said the other day all options are on the table. How involved will you be as coach of the team in evaluating the options with Chris Ballard and making a decision on whether or not there's a free agent who's pursued, whether or not there's a guy that you try to trade for, whether or not there's a guy that you target in the draft? How much of, of, of that question are you involved in resolving? Yeah, every aspect of every decision at every level, um, wearing it out till it can't be wore out anymore. And especially, like Mr. Ursay said the other day, when it comes to the quarterback position, um, if there is, if there ever goes, if there's a road that ever gets traveled down, that's a road that will be uh, Mr. Ursay, Chris, and myself. You no, know, free agency's been around in its current form since 1993-94, and I can't remember a year where there were this many, like quarterbacks never moved. Like, okay, yeah, there's free agents, but that applies to everybody but quarterbacks. Quarterbacks stay put. I've never seen a year like this with so many guys who are available or could be available via trade, release, or whatever. Yeah, and that's exciting for the league. I mean, it's exciting for uh, media, fans. You know, how's this all going to play out? Um, Not every guy's the right fit for every team. Um, But... You know, every club will do the same thing that we're doing, evaluate what's the right fit. How does it fit into the long-term plans? Because one thing here with the Colts is, you know, when Chris and I and Mr. Ursay sit down and talk, there's a very distinct way we're building. And, um, and Mr. Ursay is incredibly supportive and has them, you know, we'll spend the money, but we want to build through the draft. We want to build inside out. We want to re-sign our own guys and then be very selective um, about those guys we pursue. You know, I'd never thought about this angle, Coach, but at some point the dust is going to settle on this quarterback carousel, and you're going to be looking at your schedule, and you're going to have some teams with new quarterbacks, and all of a sudden, like, you know, a guy's been in the system for 20 years, and here he is with his new coach, and he says, and you're not going to know how to plan for those games, and I don't know how many, I mean, we, you know, we don't know until the schedule comes out and how this all resolves, but you can have a bunch of games that have a much different complexion because of a quarterback change that was made. Yeah, you're right, because the quarterback is such a central a cog to the offensive wheel. So uh, that's something you adapt to as you go. Now, a lot of these guys have a track record of what they do and what they like to do, so you, you factor all that into it. You know, it looks like we're heading towards 17 regular season games. Any thoughts on, you know, you, 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 you were a player. You've seen the wear and tear. You see the wear and tear on your guys now. Do you think your guys can suit up for another regular season game with the promise of postseason, ideally? Can they put in that extra regular season game and still, you know, be okay overall? You know, I, I mean, I certainly, I certainly understand where the, you know, the player's perspective and the, the wear and tear of the season. But, you know, I think today players more so than ever do a great job of taking care of themselves. I honestly 
don't delve into that CBA issue very far, right? I mean, that's out of my control. We've all given our two cents where we've been asked to give our two cents. I trust the decisions that are made. They tell us 17, we're good to go, um, and we'll adjust accordingly. I've heard from a couple other coaches, hey, we're talking about players getting another game check for 17 games. Do we get another game check too? (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) No comment. No comment. Um, How about expanded playoffs? I haven't heard any of the coaches (laughs) complain about that because, hey, you get to the playoffs. No, you won't hear me complain about that either. I think that's exciting. I think the fans would want that. Um, Get in the tournament. That's what we all talk about. Get in the tournament. Get a chance to win a championship. Um, Overall, your expectations for this season. I know it's so early and there's so much that needs to be done and the ultimate appearance of the team and the composition of the team is going to be so different than it is now. But going into this year, what, what, what are you hoping for year three for Frank Reich and the Colts? Well, we talk about we talk about two primary things. Yeah, we talk about goals and, you know, number one goal always, like every other head coach that you would have right here, is going to say, hey, we got to win our division. Uh, we're in a very, you know, the AFC South is now a very strong <clears throat> division. So um, we're very competitive in that division. We need to win our division. That would be goal number one. But as far as expectations, really what we talk about is the expectations of the process, the locker room, the culture, right? We think if we get those things right, the wins will come. You know, in Jacksonville, Nick Foles is there, Super Bowl 52 MVP. You know that very well. How surprised were you that it maybe didn't click for him the way that people thought it would his first year with the team? I was surprised. I mean, obviously, you know, I, you know, I think the world of Nick, I, with, with the experience we have together, I think he's a unique player. He's had an unbelievable career. So, um, yeah, I was, I was shocked. I, I was shocked. I mean, hats off to Gardner Minshew. He did a really good job and was an exciting young player. And the whole Minshew mania was, was fun for the league and, and good for Jacksonville. But um, Nick Foles is a proven commodity. I'm sure he's not done yet. Frank Reich, the full conversation you can find at profootballtalk.com. We went on to talk some more about Nick Foles and just how how he makes for an ideal backup because he is completely and totally selfless, that it's not an issue of checking your ego at the door. He, he has no ego. He doesn't need to check anything at the door. It's just who he is. He's interested in what's best for the team. Time for a break. We have more to come here on the Best of Pro Football Talk Live on NBC Sports Radio. Continuing our coverage of the 2020 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, our next guest finished his second season as head coach of the Tennessee Titans with a berth in the AFC Championship. He is Mike Vrabel back on the program. Coach, congratulations. I mean, I know, I know you want to win it all, but sure. still, you got to be damn proud of what you've done in two years to get the team as far as it's come from two and four this year, making the switch to Ryan Tannehill, and it was fun to watch. Yeah, what I'm proud of is our players and their effort. Uh, and their finish and how they played and how they responded to a little bit of adversity. The one thing I'll, I'll be most proud of is this past season is that we didn't have a whole lot of front runners. Uh, when you start two and four, uh, it, it's real easy to to start complaining and pointing fingers, and, and our guys didn't do that, um, and, and, and nobody acted like a front runner, and, and I'll be proud of that. Well, that, that's a credit to you. I mean, that's kind of the aura you give off. So I think you uh, that's me trying to give you a compliment. But I appreciate also, it. Yeah, um, but also with your, your quarterback. Just mm-hmm. explain to that, like, his attitude, the way he is, what, what made it work, why did he fit, you know, and, and the things you're talking about. The thing about. I noticed early on is yeah. when we signed Ryan or, and we traded for him um, is he came in and, and you have to learn. I mean, you know, you've learned different systems. And, again, the, the plays, a lot of them are similar, but they're called something different, and that is very hard to be able to to master the terminology, the looks, uh, the reads, the progression, the, you know, the 
the run game, you know, yeah. how we want to handle the run game, sure. the things that we want to can to and how we want to manip manipulate our run game. Right. And he learned all that and he supported Marcus. And I think that will be the thing that um, I'll look back and be, and be thankful for Ryan as he supported. Uh, he didn't agree with the role. Who would? Who would ever say, I want to be a backup? Um, but he supported uh, that decision. Uh, and then when given the opportunity, um, he excelled. Um, his leadership uh, blossomed. Right. Um, and and that, that was something that I'll, I'll look back and be thankful for. When did you first start deliberating whether or not Ryan should be the guy instead of Marcus? The change was already made during the sixth game. Sure. When did you first have that, that, that synapse fire in your brain that maybe he should be the guy? Um, you know, always evaluating the team. I mean, you guys evaluate the show and what you like about it and what you don't like about no, it. No, we don't. No. He's well, still here. No, we don't. You, know, I, you guys put a lot of time in there. You guys, you guys have um, obviously improved um, in, in what you've done, but that's, that's my job is to evaluate the things that we do well and try to continue that and enhance it and then fix the things that we don't do well. Um, and, and we weren't doing a whole lot of things well, you know, and, and offensively at that point in time. And... Um, just felt like we, we needed a spark and we needed all need to play better. What, what is it about his physical attributes that you really like? I mean, you know, he's a great athlete. He's got mm -hmm. size. His down the field throwing was off the charts this year. Um, you know, I, you know I, I, he really grasped the concept of how we wanted to play the football game and, yeah. and be able to run it, um, play pass, uh, take some shots. Uh, and then he helped us when, when protection broke down or we asked him to run. Um, you know, in the keeper game, he was able to get out on the edge and right. um, and, and extend plays and, and do some things down down the field. Um, I, I just I, I would feel cheated if I didn't ask you this, but like you know, just your thoughts. No, your boss would get mad at you. Oh you know, yeah, he might. Good. You're right. So <laughs> you calling him my boss over there? See, okay. he gets it. He knows. He knows how it goes. It's my work wife, everybody, not my boss. Everybody, my everybody's wife. got a boss. Yeah. Everybody's got a boss. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I do want to ask you just about the AFC Championship game. You got yeah. to see Patrick Mahomes twice this year. Just, you know, again, he's the man of the <coughs> moment right now. Just what jumps out to you evaluating him and then seeing him in person on the field? Uh, you know, just his, his composure, I think, um, under, under duress. You know, there were times that um, in both games that, that we either pressured him or, or had a guy free and he would drift and, and be able to throw to spots. Uh, down the field, you know, 15 or 20 yards right. in front of a receiver that he knew would, would be there. Um, it, it, you know, his ability to obviously extend plays um, cost us, you know, in the AFC Championship yeah. game, among other things. But, um, you know, when you have a, a quarterback that can stand in the pocket, can deliver the football in, uh, on time, and then also extend plays, it, it makes it hard to defend. Have you ever seen a quarterback who, like, floats backwards like he does? Like, for you as a pass rusher, outside linebacker guy, like, mm -hmm. is that weird? It, you... Well, it's just difficult right. because, you know, you think you're gaining on him and you're really not. He's just drifting He's and continuing you the up, arm so... strength. Yeah, yeah, the arm okay. strength to, to be able to throw the football um, without setting his feet is something that um, – you know, it's very impressive. Yeah. How do you strike the balance with your defensive players about treating a quarterback who chooses to run the ball like a running back? Because you had to be frustrated on that run to the end zone. Now, I know some of it is his athleticism and elusiveness, but I just feel like when a quarterback strays toward the sideline, sometimes defensive players, their coach to hit him as hard as they possibly can, as legally as they possibly can. Um, but do, do you see what we see where sometimes as, he, I, I as a quarterback do. strays toward the sideline, guys start to pull up? Or, or even a guy, you know, here's what happens sometimes. Guys slide, guys slide, guys slide. And then all of a sudden on the third or fourth one, they don't slide. Right. And guys are pulling off because, you know, we're, we're coaches a very fine line. Our guys are coached to go full tilt to the tackle. And uh, 
there, there's an element of judgment and composure as that play is ending, whether it's an offensive lineman, you know, finishing a guy over the pile or, or pushing the pile, um, or a defensive player that's going after the quarterback. There, there's an element of, of a decision-making and, and a composure that they have to have when, when a, a mobile quarterback scrambles and then chooses to slide late like that. It's on the defender. Does it drive you crazy as an ex-defender? <coughs> it doesn't. I mean, that's the rules. I know. And that's what I we have to try to coach. And yeah. As long as we can coach it, as long as yeah. we can do our best to coach the player when they ask, Coach, what am I supposed to do? If I don't have an answer, that's a, that's a bad place to be in. I saw it happen this weekend in the XFL. I know you don't watch the XFL. I do. P.J. Walker Yeah. started to pull up at the sideline, slowed down, and just shot back inside. He's done some really yards. good things, hasn't he? Yes, I, he has. He's able to extend plays. Cardell Jones, I watched him um, play the other day. Obviously, wanted to follow and see what Cardell did um, from, from Ohio State in the time that we spent there together. But uh, certainly looked like P.J. Um, was exciting the other day. Are you watching that league with, like, keeping notes, telling guys, uh, John Robinson, hey, here's a guy maybe we want to take a look at? We'll, we'll evaluate it, and our guys, our scouts are are watching those games. Um, you know, I was curious about the kickoff and, and what that may look like and if that's something that, that we would entertain as, as, as our league is, is something that you know, could help the game and make it better and obviously make it safer. Trust me, J-Rob's in charge. They're going to evaluate the XFL guys. I can tell you that for sure. What's the first conversation with Belichick like after you beat him in the playoffs? Um, it's a quick one. <laughs> <laughs> I just said thanks, Coach. The same thing I say. I say good game. Uh, appreciate uh, appreciate you. And then, uh, and then when, you know, found Carter. Did yeah. you know about the loophole before he used it? And told the world about it. Did you yeah. know about that for loophole with delay a game and, uh, and all that? You stuff? know, yeah, we're we're very aware of what the rules are. Um, again, we're just going to play by the rules and um, try to win when we can. Uh, you know, use them to our advantage. <laughs> I just thought it was so odd that he told the world. He used it in that. I think it was a Monday night game. Sure. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, hey, right. maybe some guys that don't know about this, and uh, you're you're flagging it, and it ended up getting used against him. But you already knew about it anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, you just we were never up big enough in the fourth quarter to be able to use it before in games. We're usually the ones that are in a one-score game. So when are you going to sign Ryan Tannehill? You know, with free agency, it's uh, you know, it's a two-way street. Players have to want to be back, um, and then teams have to make decisions, and there's a lot of tough decisions that we have to make, and again, appreciative of Ryan and what he did, and then I know that John and his staff is, you know, they're working hard to try to re-sign all our players that we went back. What about the other beast, 22, Derrick Henry? What's the thought there? I mean, for just if well, the could. thought is he's just a you know, um, I felt like the thing that he improved on the most was his leadership. Yeah, and that's unique from a running back. I don't think, you know, guys like Eddie George are great leaders. I played with Eddie, and I can comment on that. But sometimes, you know, runners are you just kind of handing the ball yeah, and they kind of right. do their thing. Right. Um, but I felt like his leadership skills um, really, really grew throughout the season. You know, when right. when a play that we were putting in for a game. Maybe it didn't look great or we hadn't run it as many times and it didn't look great in practice. And Derek would be the one to say, hey, run it again. I didn't have to say anything. Guys got lined up and they, and they ran the play again. And so um, I told him that after the season. I said, you had a phenomenal year. You led the league in rushing. Uh, you carried this football team, but you improved as a leader. Right. And, and I don't want to um, you know, neglect that. You're one of the few teams that this question of whether or not there's going to be a new labor deal affects the most because if there isn't, you get a franchise tag and a transition tag that could be used for Tannehill and for Henry. Cowboys are in that same boat. Maybe the Buccaneers, depending upon what they do with Jameis Winston. Are, are you 
kind of hoping there isn't a new CBA, so it's it creates some flexibility. Uh, you know, all I want is what's guys. best for the league and, and for the players. And having been, you know, on both sides, I know that when you do a deal, uh, it's got to be good, you know, for both people. Both people got to leave a deal uh, feeling like they got something out of it. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping, as always, what's best for the league and what's best for the players. So I love coaching. I love coaching players, and I, I want to be around players as much as I can. Is there anything glaring that you could share with us or you just look at it and go, All right, I, I, this has to improve on our team next year? I mean, maybe you don't want to share it with us. but No, it's... we had 31 pre-snap penalties. Okay. So we complain about you know, being poor on third down or needing to improve on third down. Uh, let's start there. Let's, right. not start, let's start there where instead of being in third and seven, it's third and two. Right. Uh, or, you know being able to convert and not be in long yardage situations. Yeah. So let's see if we can stay on sides and not move uh, until the ball moves. Yeah. Defensively, we got to get better in the red zone. We went from number one in the league to 31st. So I don't know why we have to figure that out. We right. have to coach better and we have to play better. Well, it's been a great run so far for you in Tennessee. We enjoy watching it and we wish you all the best. Appreciate it. Mike Vrabel, Titans head coach. You're the man. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Great seeing you. Yep. Time for a break. We have more to come here on the Best of Pro Football Talk Live on NBC Sports Radio. Pro Football Talk Live, back from the scouting combine. We wrapped things up on Thursday with the pass rushers, and we got the best guy in the bunch, the latest in a line of great guys who can get after the quarterback from Joey Bosa to Nick Bosa to now Chase Young. Here's my conversation from Thursday morning with Ohio State pass rusher Chase Young. It is amazing how many great Ohio State football players there are, right? Who's the best guy you've seen during your time in Columbus? Other than you. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, uh, Dwayne Haskins. Um, It's a lot, man. You know, I could go down the the list. Terry McLaurin, uh, shoot, Paris Campbell, J.K. Dobbins. Um, And there's one that's coming... That, that's, that's definitely probably going to come out next year. Baron Browning, he's going to be a he'll be a monster. How did it happen that Columbus is? Ba- I, and look, I know as we hear about the SEC, but it's like Columbus is the center of the college football universe. How did all these great guys end up in the same place at the same time? Um, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> For, to be honest, what sold you on going? Uh, I think um, it was it was definitely family oriented. Um, and you know, Coach Johnson, you know, his resume of players that he put in the field. Um, you know, definitely sold me. And, uh, you know, when I went to Friday Night Lights and committed uh, drills and things he put me through, um, talking to players, uh, I think that was that what really sold me. I didn't even plan to commit at that camp, but I did offer just that. Who do you plan to pattern your game after that's currently in the NFL? Who's the guy you're going to try to emulate? Well, a guy that was in the field, I'd say Julius Peppers. Um, I always, you know, like watching Julius Peppers film. Um, you know, guys whose bodies are kind of like mine, uh, Javon Kirst. Um, he was a uh, he was a player who wrecked a lot of havoc too. Um, so you know, I, and 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 I'm not really trying to you know pattern my game around him. I want to be the best Chase Young I can be, but I do like taking you know little tips and things um, from other people's games as well. Who are the other guys other than Julius Peppers where you've studied their film to find things that you can do to enhance the Chase Young pass rushing portfolio? I would say uh, the Bosa brothers. Um, um, because, you know, coming out of O-State, o- we had a, we all, all three of us had the same toolbox. Um, and as, as you see in games, uh, we, we have a, a lot of similar moves, you know, just because we always came from Coach Jay. So um, I, I just see that, you know, the toolbox that, you know, that they brought from college into the NFL, it works. So, uh, you know, I'll definitely be looking at, uh, at them. And, uh, you know, I always look at Nick, you know, 
just, you know, that's my big bro. Uh, you know, see what he's doing in the league. Obviously, he's doing outstanding. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to, uh, you know, keep going. How much have you been communicating with Nick as you go through this process? Good. I, I talked to him before I got here. I talked to him when I got here. Um, all only thing he really told me for real was just be be yourself. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what I've been trying to do here. You been getting any pushback from anyone about your decision not to work out? Because, look, I support it. The haze in the barn. Go watch my film. I say that all the time. Hey, I've been playing college football. Watch my film. If you want to draft me, draft me. If you don't, yeah. one of your competitors will. Yeah. It's up to you. Um, what, what what kind of resistance, if any, have you gotten? You know, I, thank you. Uh, but, uh, you know, I haven't really looked at it good or bad. You know, I just try to always block the noise out um, in regards to anything that I do. Um, but, you know, that was a, a decision that me and my team uh, came down and, and chose to make. Uh, mainly because that, that first day of camp, I want to put my best foot forward and be the best football player that um, I can be. Um, and, and, you know, not waste time trying to be um, a combine player. Um, and, you know, just be the best football player because, you know, that first day at camp, I'm, they're not going to make me run a 40. I'll be doing drills and, 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 and all types of football things. So you're not doing anything prior to the draft? You're doing a, what are you doing? I'm, I'm going to do, do position drills with uh, uh, my coach. At but the, no 40? Uh, no 40. That's a good call. And you're right. A wise man once told me, there's only two occasions where a guy runs 40 yards in a straight line on a football field. When something really good is happening or when something really bad is happening, right? And it doesn't happen any other time. And I bet you've never had to run 40 yards in a straight line other than to run down the field to right. chase a teammate chase. to the end zone. Yeah, hey, if it's so. Now, um, I heard you saying over there that you consider yourself to be the best player in the draft. Does it bug you that it always seems like it's it's got to be a quarterback who's who's the number one pick no matter what the other guys can do? Nah, you know, that's, you know, that's just what it is. That's what, you know, always has been. Um, but... I feel like, you know, if you look at my film, um, from a defensive standpoint, the way I can take over a game, I feel like, uh, you know, in college football, you haven't seen a lot of people that can take over a game like I have. And um, uh, I feel like, you know, my tape just speaks to me being the best player in the draft. Have, have you met with the Bengals? No. Nope. Do, you, do you plan to? Have you heard from them? or do you uh, know? I have a formal, I believe. Are you going to try to sell them on Chase Young over Joe Burrow? I'm going to try to sell myself to every team. Um, but they you got know. the first pick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, be the first pick. If you make, a, hey, you sell them and you watch my film, and you know, I'm safer bet. Look at what Nick Bosa was last year. Now, nothing from Kyler Murray, but Nick Bosa was dominant. If they're looking for help on the defensive line, you're the guy. I mean, what, what, how much will you be, especially with a team like the Bengals, who has that first pick, engaged in that active process to sell Chase Young to them? Oh, I'm, I'm selling, I'm selling Chase Young right now. Uh, the teams who are watching me on your show, um, you know. Um, every team that, that I have uh, interviews with, I'm, I'm just selling Chase Young around the board. So, you know, when that buzz goes around of, you know, what type of person he is, you know, it's not going to come from one team. It's going to be a mixture of every team. So I think, uh, you know, just being the best person I can be, um, you know, interview in, interview out with every team will, uh, you know, solidify me as the best player in this draft. I feel like we had somewhere between 20 and 30 prospects at the desk with us between Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And, you know, most of the guys have that doe-eyed reaction. It's an honor. It's a privilege. And I don't want to burst their bubble. I don't say anything to the guys who really are all in with the idea that they've in some way been given some gift to show up for a week and be jostled out of bed at 5 in the morning and poked and prodded after they wait around all day in a in a uh, waiting room at a medical facility and then asked a bunch of questions by coaches and GMs and other scouts who were trying to get under their skin. And, 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 and so I, I bite my tongue. 
there. But with a guy like Chase Young who gets it, I'm willing to be a little more candid with him about what this really is. The teams need these guys. The teams are looking for players who will help them win. This isn't an honor or a privilege for the players. It's an honor and a privilege for the teams to be able to scrutinize these guys in a place where they can spend less money, bring them all in, poke them and prod them in a collective fashion instead of doing 32 x-rays, 32 MRIs, 32 this, 32 that. It's cheaper, it's more effective, and it helps the teams separate the best of the bunch from the rest. It's a privilege and an honor for the teams to be able to have a more effective and efficient way of figuring out who the best incoming employees will be. And even then, they still screw it up. It shows you how hard it is, that it is a crapshoot, even with all the stuff they do. But the teams aren't doing the players a favor. The players are doing the teams a favor. Now, once you get past the best guys, then you get into that zone of competition where... Yeah, look, you got to stand out because the supply outweighs the demand on the fringes. But at the very top, the difference makers, the Nick Boses, the Kyler Murrays, the Patrick Mahomes, the best players, for them, it's not a privilege. Time for a break. We have more to come here on the Best of Pro Football Talk Live on NBC Sports Radio. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 